This is Capital City with Capital J. One, two, one, two. Is this thing on? It's on. Welcome, welcome. It's Capital City Podcast. I'm your host, Capital J, alongside my main man, DL Glass. And this week, we're talking about technology Ooh. and how it changed things. Hmm. And when you think technology, a lot of people think uh, computers. But technological advances have been happening the entire time that hip-hop has been around. So let's hmm. let's just go through some of the things that, you know, some things made recording and producing hip-hop music a lot easier while making other parts of everything we know and love absolutely obsolete over time. Hmm. So technology is good for some. And bad for others. Right. Now, we always start where? In the beginning. In the beginning. <laughs> In the beginning. Now, I'm when I say technology, I mean, we're going to talk about everything. We're talking about the sound systems. We're talking about the means that you use to, to play these the music. We're talking about how people record it and how people distribute all of this stuff. Right. Everything has been touched by the advancement of technology over this 50 years. We have 50 years of hip-hop now. Is that number true? It's yeah. a little bit older. Yes. Well, if we give it 72, 73, you know, we talked to um, um, Tony Crush. Tony Crush. And, and he kind of he confirmed that 50 years is about right. Okay. Okay. And if we think back, now, this is where technology was at that time. Cool Herc mm-hmm. is, now there's no, now mind you, hip-hop became a sample-based art form. Yes. Why? Because the original hip-hop DJs were taking their favorite parts of the record but rather than using a sampler, a later technological advance that happened 10, 15 years later, <laughs> they were doing it by hand. What you mean? Let's say um, you like this part of the song. Okay, let's take Rock Steady by Aretha Franklin. Okay. There's a part in the song that goes, Rock Steady. Rock Cool Hurt or take another record, the same record. Okay. Bring that part back. And all, you know, hip hop DJs in general, mm-hmm. bring it back. Rock. Because okay. that was the part that everybody really wanted to dance hard to. Vinyl. Vinyl records. Okay. So you have vinyl records, you have two turntables, you don't really. I don't even think people were really using mixers with crossfaders back then. A crossfader is, for for those not in the know, the crossfader, when you look at DJs and they're mixing and they got their hands on the mixer, the crossfader goes from right to left. Like Q, you see, using juice. Right. (laughs) Right to left is the crossfader. Okay. It goes across the mixer. Right. Back in the day, DJs were using up and down faders a lot of times. Oh. So the crossfader was kind of a technological innovation 
It was easier. That it, it's easier to just boop, move it to the right, back and forth. Boop, move it to the left. Right. And you said Some, prior to that, it was up and down. A lot of mixers had up and down faders. So if you look, if you go back to the late 60s, early 70s, and you see a DJ mixing one record to another, they'll pull the cross, they'll pull the up and down fader down to cut the sound down on one side and push it up on the other side. Wait, wait, kind of like wait, at a wait. radio station. Look at your look at your mix board right there. Okay. Those are up and down faders. Right. But wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said in the sixties. So DJ. Well, I mean DJ mix. DJ had been around way before hip hop. I mean you wait know you can't. Minute. I mean how you think people people been playing music at parties? Okay. Yes, I know that. But mixing, like I thought that was like when when do you think they started mixing? Like of course. You, People do it now. They play a playlist. Well, one song in, another song play. Well, the now, I'm thinking that actually blending the records together. Okay, I don't know exactly when that started, but if hip hop has an accepted um, origination date of 1972, <laughs> then I'm gonna assume it was some that you yeah. know when you're putting two records on the turntable, you're essentially blending and mixing. Right. At the same time. Yeah. But the crossfader, the earliest example documented was in 1977. Wow. So there's no crossfader. Before that. Right. But there are mixers. Right. You know, every radio station was using some form of mixer. Um, a lot of switchboards, television production, you know, studios. Okay. Mix, mix boards have always had faders. Mm-hmm. That's how you cut sound up on one track, bring it down on another. When I started mixing, I didn't have a mixer with a crossfader. Okay. I had uh, a simple, realistic mixer from Radio Shack, and it but had. You miss Radio Shack. I love Radio Shack, <laughs> and I hate they went out of business. Right. Like, there's still no replacement for Radio Shack. I've seen one since then. I can't remember where I was, and then I seen the boutique, and I was like, it took right. me back to my childhood. So anybody, anybody in the know right. can tell you, anybody that's been DJing since the 80s may have started with one of these mixers that I'm talking about. They had four channels. Uh-huh. Two turntables were on channel one and two. That's right and left. The other turntable was on channel three and four, right and left. So if you wanted to bring both turntables playing at the same time, you cut up one and two, and you cut up three and four. And when you want to, when you got finished playing the deck on the left, you cut down one and two. Okay. So this is where tech technology and and even before then, a lot of mixers just had knobs on them. You know, you turn a vault like a volume knob, a round knob. So a crossfader is a piece of is a technological advance that allowed hip hop to change. Right. But that you wasn't have, always around. You had to have two of the exact same things. Two two record players. Right. And and two records if you mix in one uh, Yep. To be for you to be able to 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 keep a record going in a certain part that you like, right. You gotta have a mixer. Or else you can only play one record at a time. Okay. So the early mixers 
didn't have a crossfader. So you can imagine, you know, if you can put yourself in 1972 and imagine the birth of hip hop. Right. There's no crossfader. Everything is manual. Everything is manual. Speakers, the way that, that today, you know, we'll get to, to how speakers are today, but the sound back in the day. Um, today, you buy a speaker. It's got a, a woofer, which gives you the bass. It's got a tweeter. And the tweeter handles a lot of the mid-range and the highs. Yes. Back in the day. You had three. You had three separate speakers for that. Right. And then you had an amp. Okay. The amp can't give the same amount of power to the to the the mid range speaker. That was that one that is called a horn, hmm. and it looked like a just a rectangular in shape and sat on top of the subwoofer. Subwoofer might be 15, 18 inches around. Right. And then you set another speaker on top of that. That that was. Putting out the words, you hear the words out of that speaker. The highs. Nah, nah, the highs are the tweeters. tweeters. And that's another okay. separate speaker that would sit on top of that with three with three or four tweeters in it. Yes. And the way you kept from blowing up, like if you got a, a amp pushing 600 watts or 1,000 watts, mm-hmm. you got to put a crossover on it. Right. To slow it down. It and it and down, that so. sends a certain amount of power to the bass. Certain amount of power to the mid-range, and it also separates the frequencies, so the right stuff goes to the right speaker. So what are we looking at right now as far as cost? Back then? Back then? Yes. I don't know. It's probably a few hundred dollars, though. You know, I mean, okay. you know, a few hundred dollars was then was a few thousand dollars now. Yes. But this is where we were back then. So then the crossfaders invented. Now... A lot of people, um, there was a, a Gemini mixer back in the day, and it had wood panel on the side. And it was, it was very simple. It had um, uh, two up and down, one for the right turntable, one for the left, one and, and one up and down for your headphones, and one up and down for the master. Okay. And when you listen to Jazzy Jeff perform on that, he's the DJ, I'm the rapper. If you look on old uh, album covers, you'll see that Gemini mixer a lot because it was a very popular mixer with a crossfader. So do me a favor. Look that up while you got your computer. Say Gemini with um, with the Gemini mixer with the wood grain on the side. And that'll tell us what the name of that mixer was, but that was one of the early crossfader joints. The A eighty one. Is that what it's what it's called? You see it? Yeah, I think this is it. It's on reverb. You know, I never knew that reverb.com was in Durham. Let me see. Let me see that picture. Nah, that's not it. I cannot remember the name of that mixer. Look, look here. Nah, that's got that's got too many channels on it. Oh, okay. But this one, somebody, somebody out there right now is is kicking, you know, kicking and screaming, trying to tell me the name of that mixer. Right. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I, I think I did see the one that you're talking about. 
No, that's it. That's it. The the PMX twenty two hundred. Here it is, right 2200. here. Twenty two hundred. You see now that seventy two hundred. Oh wow. Okay. You see the? It's got four channels. And right. that so mixer was wood, was a right. very popular, inexpensive mixer that people used to use for for DJing that had a crossfade on it. Now. Now it's a whole lot easier to keep the part of the song going that you want to keep going. Okay. You just spin the record back on one side, play it, boom. A lot of people mark that spot with a piece of tape on the record. Now, this is where technology was. Today, you know, you just tap a button on the computer and it gives you that spot instantly. But back in the day, when the record spins, you put a little piece of tape. When you get to the spot that you want to... Cut over and over again. Right. You stop the record right there, and you put a piece of tape at 12 o'clock. Okay. And then you find the other record. You stop that record in the same place, and you put a piece of twelve at 12 o'clock on that one. Okay. So now you know that if you want to bring that record back, you let it spin. And then you wind the other one back to 12 o'clock. <laughs> it might take two two revolutions before you get back to twelve o'clock at the beginning of that beat, but right. that's how you know. That's how you set up your cue points back in the day. And the fact of the you mentioned it a minute ago about the headphones because you had to listen to yeah you got to be able to listen to what's going on. But if you don't have those headphones and your cue points are set up correctly and you know your records, you don't need those headphones. Because I know, like, you give me an Eric B and Rocky M, Eric B is president, I know how many spans it takes to get back to where I started. So I don't need my headphones with those two records on the turntable. But, you know, this is where the technology is, and that's essentially how you created samples back in the day. There's no sampler to put this music into, and it's going to repeat automatically for you. Right. And no drum machines yet. Hmm. That's another thing. In hip hop, there are no drum machines. There's no samples. So, so drum machines definitely came from drum machine. The first record to use a drum machine in hip hop was "Tough" by Curtis Blow. I don't want a lot. I want just enough. So why has it got to be so damn tough? Rock and roll groups been using drum machines. Mm. Well, the, the drum machine, let me see. I think it was called the Lynn drum, but let me, um, let's see. First drum machine usage. Like, it was, the drum machine was being used before, probably before it was used in hip-hop, you know? Right, right. Oh, it says the first drum machine was invented in 1930. Oh, But okay. the TR-808 is the one that, that you know. 808. Yeah, when you hear 808 bass. Like 808 Mafia. Right, right. 808, That's um. it was released uh 1980. It was the Lynn drum. Um, it was the 1980s drum computer. And that's when you started, when music started. Every now and then you hear not a live drummer. But right. I listened to um, Cold Blooded by Rick James. And you hear a use of the drum machine that's not necessarily a hip hop song. But Run DMC, Sucker MC's first time dudes rap with nothing but a drum machine. 
There's no other music in that song. Just a drum machine. Okay. But before that, if you wanted drums to continue and you wanted to rap over it, then you need a DJ to keep starting the song at that point over and over and over again because there are no samplers and no right. drum machines. So the plan so, from the beginning has been to get rid of the DJ. That's what, and that's what the <laughs> one of the first things that became obsolete with samplers and drum machines is the use of a DJ right. to keep the record going. Right. So that's, that's one of the first things you lose with technology is needing a DJ. The not saying that, not saying that some people didn't still use a DJ. Right. Like listen to Peter Piper uh, by Run DMC. That's a, a great example of using the drum machine and the DJ. You hear um you hear Jam Master J cutting up uh Mardi Gras by Bob James. All he's doing is basically going back to back, but they got drum machine programmed by Rick Rubin back there. You went too far without. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> You, you and that, that was that was a merging of new technology okay. with the old way of doing things. Right. Did the Fat Boys use a, a DJ? Fat Boys, Fat Boys. Uh, well, you know, Curtis Blow did their production, and Curtis Blow had Straight skills, DJing skills too. Okay. So Curtis Blow could play the piano and all that stuff. Right. right. So he's he was an absolutely unsung producer of early hip hop. Very instrumental in a lot of stuff. But, um, so Curtis Blow brings the drum machine on the scene. Okay. You no longer need a DJ or a live band. Sugar Hill Gang rapped over a live, they brought a live band to the studio. So it sounds like Good Times by Sheik. Doom, doom, doom. What it really is, is Sugar Hill's house band replaying good times. Not a sample. Damn. You see what I'm saying? The sampler hadn't been invented yet. So that's not a good time sample, and it's not the actual record. So, it's real live people playing the bass line from good times so that Sugar Hill can rap on it, which is basically what hip-hop had been doing anyway, taking the best part of the song and rapping over it. But to create it for... For radio consumption, you got to have a band come in because you're not just going to bring a DJ in to do this. Okay. Grandmaster Flash did it, um, did a great set and put a record out. The Adventures of Grandmaster Flash on the Wheels of Steel. It's just Grandmaster Flash going back and forth with his records. Right. True hip hop, like it's a hip hop classic. If you want to know what hip hop sounded like back then, listen to that record. And he did it on uh, Wild Style too. He gave a sample of that on Wild Style. But uh, I hate the backtrack. But so you gave Curtis Blow um, credit for the the beat machine. Yeah, he was the first first person to use the beat machine in hip hop. So that's the second thing that um, Curtis Blow has done <laughs> to the detriment of hip hop, huh? Well, I wouldn't because say to some, the detriment. <laughs> some say, well, it, it, think about it. Like Eli Wentley took them out of the fields and put them in the factory with the cotton gin and Curtis blow. So he came with a beat machine. So he kind of made it obsolete to use a DJ. Well, they weren't using the DJ on records to keep the songs going anyway, because there's a, there's a, 
It thing called been, copyright infringement. Yes, but which, you still which could clear it even back then. You know, you, you still could clear it just like you did with the beat machine, right? You could. I mean, but you ain't have you to could. with the beat machine because you just recreated. It. it took Sugar Hill Gang years to to clear that thing with Sheik for good times. Hmm. So when they first put the record out, they didn't they didn't go ask. They didn't ask for permission. They asked for forgiveness. <laughs> and then uh, Curtis Blow, like if I correct me if I'm wrong, but when we were talking to Tony Crush, that it basically came out that Curtis Blow kind of commercialized hip hop. He was one of the early. He was to me Curtis Blow was one of the early people to recognize how to, yeah, how to commercialize hip hop. I give him that. Okay. No. I, I just want to make sure we're keeping the scoreboard right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the breaks was one of the biggest. He, he also had one of the first These big hip hop records. Yeah, that's that was right. huge. You yeah. know, and, and he was a real MC versus how people looked at the Sugar Hill gang as a manufactured group. Mm. You know, Sylvia Robinson saw what hip hop was what was happening with hip hop and she kind of put that Sugar group Hill together. Gang? Um, Big Bank, Hank, Wonder Mike, and um, oh golly, man, I forgot the tall dude's name. Hmm. <clears throat> okay, okay, okay. But, but um, and like your boy Tony Crush said, Big Bank Hank wasn't even a rapper; he was a manager for right for them dudes. Puff, and, right? Oh, <laughs> but but <laughs> but he got a hold of a rhyme book, Casanova. Yeah. Puff he said Casanova's rhyme in in the Sugar Hill record. Okay, but. We're moving forward. Mm-hmm. Now we got drum machines in the studio, and instead of people rapping over old disco songs or old funk music, how about just create a drum beat right. and rap over it? Right. And it led us into an era where a lot of songs were just what, what, beat machine beats. Where are we beats. now? Where, where now this is, um, let me see, Suck MCs hit around 83. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> So Curtis Blow, uh, Gotta Be Tough, was probably 82. So rap changed. Yeah. Yeah, the, the early rap styles had yeah. to change. Because you're talking about 79, 80, when the Sugar Hill Gang, Grandmaster Flash, and all them coming out, Treacherous 3, Kumo D was part of that group. They were, they were replaying disco records with live bands. Mm, okay. Yep, mean Machine, all these folks. And... By 82, 83, you stop hearing the live band behind hip-hop artists. Okay. And instead of the DJ having to keep the record going, now he's cutting and scratching over the drum beats from Beat Machine. But now the Beat Machine's been introduced. Mm. Next. The DJ's still there. The DJ's still there. Okay. But next comes the sampler. Loop. I don't know what. Let me see. Who? Let me see. First hip-hop song to use a sampler. What was that? I got to look that up. I never even thought thought to check that out. I know one thing. They was high in that studio. <laughs> now, they're giving a lot of credit to Marley Marl here. 
as as a sampling innovator. I don't know if he's the first to use a sampler, but the, as the Juice Crew, I would say that he was one of the best people to use a sampler early. Okay. So now you have um, machines like the SP twelve hundred. And, Your favorite, huh? Oh man, I love the SP twelve hundred. But there was another, um, there was a predecessor to that, that that allowed you to just create simple, simple sample loops. And now instead of using the drum machine to make a beat which sounds computerish and artificial, you can use those same drum beats that DJs used to cut back to back. And just rap over those actual beats without having a DJ have to keep the time for you. So now the sampler comes into play. DJ's still taking one more step back. But at a hip-hop show, even in the mid-80s and late 80s, the sampling is really taking over. The DJ is still there for the live show. It's for the showmanship aspect of it. Right. Toss that out the window, he's still cutting the record up. Wow, <clears throat> you know, you catch any performance back in the day, if they had a DJ, the DJ was keeping the beat at the live show, but the record was sampled. Okay, okay. You, see, you, you feel me? Right. So technology is moving along. The way that sound is presented is still about the same. The way that records are distributed is still the same. It's still by mail. You know, you still go to the studio and you record this stuff on a thick tape. Like um, four tracks was, a you know, you were blessed if you had four track capability. Eight tracks. Oh, wow. 16 tracks. You spent a massive amount of money to record on 16 tracks because the tape is thick. A thick tape may hold eight tracks, may hold, you know, as many as 24 on the two inch tape but it's really expensive and when you go to the studio to record a lot of times you had to buy the tape you were recording on and that costs a lot of money so um (laughs) i heard somebody say that at the time that jay-z dropped reasonable doubts he had to have had money and so the interviewer was like why you say that he said because during that time, you had to have money to make your product, print your tapes or whatever. And it, it, this, it just made me think about that when you said that you it costs money to have this eight-track tape. Yeah, it costs money to record in the studio. You know, that, that, was, something, that was a luxury that everybody didn't have. Right. Which, you know, you, you'll see how technology has changed that too. As we move forward. But back in the day, you want to record a song, you need, um, you're not going to, paying a band costs money. Mm-hmm. So for Treacherous 3 to walk in there and record, they need a, a guitar player, a drum player, you know, you need reel-to-reel tapes. Right. And you need a studio engineer, quality microphones, all this stuff. Then... You need a drum machine, but the drum machine takes takes away the need to have to pay all these studio performers, studio musicians, to have to be there and learn the music and all of that. So 
Run DMC, when they recorded Sucker MCs, that was one of the cheapest ways to get off recording a rap song. Just a drum machine. Hmm. And two microphones. Right. So if if Run and DMC are let's say they gather around the same mic, that's two tracks. Okay. Two track recording is is very simple. Especially, and you. it's not gonna cost you an arm and a leg. So that's right. something they could produce for really cheap, and it hit. So now all of a sudden, it doesn't cost as much to record anymore. Get to a point where you, you know, now you're in the studio with your samples and all of that. And dudes are add more and more tracks. Um, take Public Enemy and their production. It's so much more complex than what Marley Mar was doing with his samples. He'll come in and he could have his whole beat on one SP. And the SP only gave you like 10 seconds of sample time. So everything that you do in a song, you have to be able to do with 10 minutes of recording time on your sampler. I'm at 10 seconds. And I and trust me, you can get a lot done with 10 seconds. But hold, I'm, I'm I need like, to understand this. So that when you say it only allows you to sample for 10 seconds, you get 10 seconds to work with. And I'm going to tell you how producers got around Per that. track. No, you have 10 seconds to re- like let's take a song like uh the Symphony by Marley Marl. I could take 10 seconds of sample time and re and reproduce that for you today. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going to tell you how. Tell me some. I'm sorry, but tell me a more recent song that I could compare it to. Cause it, um, let's take that Reminisce Over You by, okay. by Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth. Okay, okay. You hear all that stuff going on, right? You. Right. Now, if you took each individual sample... And laid it out. It's much more than 10 seconds of sample time there. Okay. But what you do with the, the cool thing about the SP, what you do first is it had a a track that was, that was, it would filter out all of the highs. So you don't need to resample a baseline. And if you want to save your time, you got 10 seconds to work with back in the day with this technology. If you want to save your time, you can record, you can speed up the original recording as fast as you want and then slow it down once you get it in the machine. Then once you cut and trim it, the time that you cut off goes back to your 10 seconds. So, like, let's say I record two and a half seconds of a drum beat. If I record it in regular time, the whole loop could be 10 seconds long. But if I speed it up 45, 78, make it as fast as I can make it, and then slow it down once I get it in the in the computer, now I'm only using a second, one second, but I stretched it out to make it sound like it's lasting 10 seconds. But I only use one second of my sample time to record it. Okay. Then you take a bass line, you take the, the music that you're going to record. Mm-hmm. And once you record it, once you record it, if you record one second of sampling, you can put it on as many banks as you want without taking away from your sample time anymore. So copy it, copy it, copy it, or put it on, you put it on that 
that track that I told you that was filtered. Okay. Which takes out all the highs. So now all you hear is the bass line. So when you listen to they reminisce over you and you're doom, 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 doom. So every 10 seconds. He didn't have to resample that. That's the same as um that baseline is running under that the whole time. Just put that sample onto a different track that doesn't have that's filtered down, and then you then you have other tricks like you can get something like da just that, and a lot of people think you're using all this sample to go da 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 da. That's a Pete Rock thing. You just keep hitting it and make the volume lower each time you hit it. Da 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 da. So you didn't sample da 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 da. You just sampled da, just that little bit. Right. And you can change the pitch and put it on different channels. You can go da 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 da. Right. And play it back. So you could do a lot with ten seconds back in the day. Later on, when AR the ASR comes out, you can sample unlimited. I can sample ten minutes in there. So I'm not I'm no longer restricted by ten seconds of sample time. Opens up a whole new door. So by the time the Wu Tang Clan comes out, they're using ASRs or different machines that are no longer limited to ten seconds. So why do the SPs still cost so damn much? And right now it's it's a nostalgia to it and it has a sound because it's it that sample is recorded in eight bits. And that changes the way things sound. Like horns sound different recorded in 8 bits than they do with 32 or 64. Mm-hmm. So the sound, the nostalgia of the sound of that time period is why people still like older equipment. You know, there are certain keyboards that people still like to use because they had a certain sound that really can't be duplicated today. But a- ASR is a drum machine or a keyboard? Well, it was originally a keyboard, oh, but okay. it it um, evolved into a drum machine that could be used quite similarly to the, the SP. It was like an SP on crack, on steroids, I say. Okay. So it could get you could do everything the SP could do, and more. And it had a drum machine in it. So imagine. And SP doesn't SP is not a drum machine. It's simply a sound. When you get it, it doesn't have any sounds in it. Everything you want to do with SP, you have to put in there to get it out. Okay. The ASR is a complete total keyboard that also has ten times the sampling capacity of a SP. And it's got a full drums, it's got all those drum machine sounds and everything. Mm-hmm. So technology is advanced. The SP is becoming obsolete. You, there's a time, you know, after, and the MPC was another drum machine too. You know, they just made the made the SP obsolete. But d- describe that sound coming from the SP because it, uh, it's it's crazy. Like the SP is still worth more than the ASR. Well, it's it's because the ASR was so advanced that today. Like, it doesn't really have a signature sound to it. 
It's oh, just so a, it's just it a consumer. preference, you know. If you prefer, like I prefer it because I know it so well. But the SP has a sound that people still clamor to use. A lot of producers and stuff like that. Like, and it's the eight bit technology. What what like tell me um, something. The, I think the 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 way it made drums sound, mm-hmm. the way that you could filter. Uh, a sample and use the baseline. Like a lot of, I could give you a lot of examples where you could hear like the baselines were straight up just samples where they put it in that filter track on the SP. And I, I just keep thinking of reminisce over you. That's a good example of a filtered, you know, baseline. Okay. And then you get back to the other track. But that's the way things used to work. And, you know, technology moved past that. And the way people record, as you get into the 90s, when you have better samplers, more sample time, you also have better recording. The ADAT comes out. And it's um, it's a way, a cheap way for anybody to have 24 tracks. You can have 128 tracks in the studio now. That's at amazing. a much better price. The ADAT was a recording device, a track, a track recording device that allowed you to record multiple tracks much easier and much more or less expensive. So you could take uh use basically a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. But imagine how thick that is compared to a cassette tape, how wide the tape is. Right. And with that width. It allow you to put eight tracks on on that tape, and imagine um, each each row being a track as the tape is playing, and then you can add another one to it, and they sync up digitally. So you press play on one, the other one plays, and they got sixteen tracks. You can stack another one in there, you got twenty four tracks, and every time you hit play, they all start in the same spot. You rewind one, all of them rewind to the same spot. So this technology made a whole lot easier to record. CDs are coming out around the same, you know, CDs came out in the 80s. So now vinyl and tapes have competition with CDs. They were selling them for twice as much, claiming superior sound quality, but they cost 90% less to make. You're talking you know, about uh, Columbia House, uh, you get uh, what ten CDs for a penny, right? But but look how <laughs> easy that? it is to press. Yeah, I remember that. I got caught out there. <laughs> yeah, <me too. laughs> you know, I got my I got my ten CDs for a penny too. Yeah. With ten records back then, I ordered records. You know, oh, you got records. They had the best CD. selection in the world. You know, yeah, Billy yeah, Ocean yeah. and Stain and, you had and to stuff look like that. Everything. Yeah, but but CDs come out. It's a new way to present your music, right? <clears throat> Much cheaper for the record label to make. So now the record labels are making more money and producing the music. They, they're distributing the music for less and charging more for it. Charging more for it, yep. A record costs, like, back in the day, if you want to produce a record uh, and, and record one record, it might cost you a dollar twenty-five for one record. You yep. could get a CD printed for 
75, maybe 50 cents, maybe 40 cents. Right. 17 cents if you got the kind of operation that's going on. And then, and then you go as a consumer into the store, and sometimes it might be eight ninety nine. Sometimes it might be uh, CDs was seventeen ninety nine. When know. when records were eight, a full length album might cost you seven ninety nine to to ten dollars in the record store. The CD cost you fifteen to eighteen dollars. The set tape cost you you know that seven to ten dollar range. But that cassette tape and that LP cost more to make than that CD. Absolutely, but. Things are changing. Right. And you got samples on here. The samplers are getting better. The way you can record is getting cheaper. It's cheaper for you to record in the studio now with with a drum machine that contains a sampler and a drum machine and keyboard all in one unit. All in one unit. Which also, what else just became obsolete? Guitar players, drummers, DJs. All the other things that you used to use to keep the music going have now become, they're becoming obsolete headed into the 90s, early 90s. Fast forward some more. They introduced Pro Tools on the scene, made the ADAT obsolete. Now people record in the computers. Everything you see today that, um, that allows you to sit at home and record, yes. Pro Tools is the... The grandfather of that. <laughs> you know, that's when when things started moving to the computer. What year are we looking at with Pro Tools? <clears throat> that's got to be in there. It's 90s. around the late 90s, maybe yeah. early 2000s, you know. Right. Pro Tools started becoming a big thing. Like, when I, I remember recording in the 90s, it was still, you know, I remember tape still. Because but, with, with Pro Tools, you could plug instruments straight into the computer. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you need some, you know, a lot of mixers. MIDI, MIDI has been around for years, and it's a way to link, um, link up different machines and make them talk to each other, and that's been around for years. So, like the okay. SP had MIDI capabilities, and if you had a recording device that had MIDI, I can I can link it to the SP, press play on the recorder, and SP starts playing. Bluetooth. Basically Bluetooth before Bluetooth. Right. But but right. these these synchronized things, you know. Right. Yeah, and um chords back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. MIDI and um the MIDI chord, like MIDI was a way to make all this stuff talk to each other. Right. Okay. So <clears throat> Rest in peace, MIDI. Well, the MIDI's still around. Oh. Mm-hmm. I thought Bluetooth killed her. No, nah, no, nah, Bluetooth isn't gonna isn't gonna synchronize things the way that MIDI does. Okay. But you fast forward a little bit more. You just got rid of the drummer, <laughs> the DJ, right, the bass player, the horns, all of that. Because now you have machines that have all of those sounds inside the machine. Right. So there's no need for all the extra stuff. So look how much money you just took out of the equation. You had to pay all those people to come in and play that stuff. Absolutely. <clears throat> On tour, do you need a DJ standing up there scratching records back to back anymore? Like now when you have a DJ on tour, he's not keeping the beat for you. Right. 
That's the music's already recorded. I hope he is ready to go. He's just he's just scratching over top of it in the in the break. He's like playing an instrument. The the turntable yes. is an instrument now, rather than than you know the the drum set. The okay. turntable used to be the drum set and the timekeeper. Now it's just more of a an instrument to enhance the performance rather than the timekeeper for the whole show. But moving forward, as um, Pro Tools comes up, the internet is starting to get popular. And the way mm-hmm. people used to send records through the mail, CDs to the house, now they email this stuff to you. Right. If you wanted a feature on your record, either that person comes to the studio when you're recording the song or you record the song, leave that space open for them to record on. Then you got to pack up the tape that you recorded in the studio. Right. Put it in a box so it don't get messed up. Yes. FedEx it all the way to Houston or wherever. They're going to take it out, take it to the studio, give it to an engineer. He got to put it on the reel. Mm. Then you got to record your track. Then you got to ship it back to New York or wherever. Right. And then <laughs> they got to get mastered and recorded onto a master tape. Yes. All that's over. Yes. Distribution change, the way you record change, all this stuff because of technology. Do you ever master some stuff? I have mastered music before, but it's not my forte. Okay. You know? <clears throat> um, I remember when I, I used to have this little machine. It was a rolling recording. It was a eight track, and then I bought the 24 track. I, the VR, the virtual studio, I think that's what it was called, VS. <clears throat> and at the time, that was... That was uh, the latest thing, because you record everything directly onto a hard drive instead of having this tape that you had to carry around. So I could record. I still have that machine, and it's got several songs saved on it. So instead of having my songs on tape, I have them in this machine with the hard drive. Okay. But my 8-track one crashed. I lost all of that stuff, but I got the 24-track now, and it's still, you know, all that stuff is saved on a hard drive. And if I wanted to get it out of there, I'd burn it on to a CD. That's obsolete now. Well, you you could save it to a, a hard drive, though, right? That one didn't even have I, no you. There was no USB capability. No, uh, the hard drive was inside the machine, <sighs> and the only way to get it off was to put it on a CD. Oh, it had a CD burner built in. It had a CD burner built in. Oh, and the CD burner, you say, it's done. Nah, the the old one didn't even have a CD burner. <laughs> the old one just had the hard drive, period. And you take that machine to the studio with you. And play it through the uh, the Play cables. it through the board. Okay. So, you know, we've been through a lot of technology in hip-hop. And the way things are going today, like even, even those drum machines, like those, they stood... They were called standalone because they stood away from everything else. But think about the way people produce music now. You do it right in the computer. Fruity Loops was an early program right. where you could make a beat right in the computer with none of that 
beat machine. Right, <laughs> right. Like these these machines, the SP, the ASR, the MPC, they take up te- desktop space. Now you just put on some headphones. You sit there and you tap it all out right on your keyboard, on your computer, on your laptop. Make the whole beat. Right. So you just made all of those beat machines obsolete. Because everywhere I'm looking them up and they discontinued. <laughs> yeah, nobody like, you know, the the last thing I seen that has a a tangible beat machine was that Novation, the machine by Novation, but it's it's it operates with a computer program. But okay. it's for people who who probably like the feel, that old school feel of a beat machine. So I bought one. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't, you know, I don't need that. To be able to do everything that that innovation can provide, I could do it all right inside the computer. I don't need the beat machine for it, but that's for so I can have something to bang on because that's what I'm used to. Oh wow, it's that easy. Yeah, I, I don't think. Um, I remember back in the day we had Knife Wonder on um, on the morning show, and he was talking about using the programs that he used to make beats. I don't think any of those that he was using back in the day required an actual standalone drum machine Anything. you know he'd get on the computer and work that thing man sure i remember um playstation yeah yeah PlayStation that's another had, one had and a lot of uh man you'd be surprised video, how many yeah. producers made whole songs i know off the playstation right right so right. so you know technology moved forward again yeah. that's obsolete yes cds became obsolete yeah. with the rise of the internet CDs, and DVDs, tapes, done. vinyl, DVDs. Yes. Um, the mail as a use of distribution for your music, having to send it. Tapes, gone. Yes. The DJ, as you know, as a part of the actual performance of hip hop, not so much needed. But the DJ is so essential for any party still. But we'll get to that too. Because right around this time, you remember that amp I was telling you about? Yes. Now, you don't see anybody with an actual horn, a mid-range horn anymore. The horn disappeared. When you go to a club, like if you anybody went to a club back in the day, you used to see the, the subwoofers would be on the floor. But then the horns and stuff would be all in the, all around the ceiling. <clears throat> with the tweeters and they're sending that highs in the mid range towards you and the bass is coming from a different place. Speakers, all that stuff is in one speaker now. Hmm. And the amp that used to be separate from everything, especially for mobile DJs, the amp is built into the speaker now. So now I used to have to carry an amp and two speakers. Now I just take the two speakers cause the amps are built into the speakers. The only place they use amps is like real big venues that where it's just going to stay there. They still use amps because if a speaker goes out, it's easy to replace. Or if an amp goes out, you just go get another amp and stick it. But if the amp is built into the speaker and the speaker goes out, then, you know, it's more of a headache. So clubs may still use amps, but, but mobile DJs got speakers with the amps built in now. Right. Everything's got an amplifier on it. 
Another thing that disappeared. You remember big time component sets back in the day? You used to have a stereo. <laughs> Didn't you have a stereo at the house? Yeah. With big old component. speakers. I ain't had no stereo. I had a component set. A component set. set. <laughs> you know, because it, it had components. Yes. You had a, a receiver so you could play the radio. Yes. A tape deck so you could record the radio. Yes. It had a record player. <laughs> it had a, a CD player, maybe. Right. Oh, that's dead. Oh. <laughs> the boom box is gone. People yes. used to walk around with a boom box. Now you walk around a little portable JBL speaker or something like that, or a pill, Beats by Dre Pill. You know what I'm saying? I saw a, um, I think it was a Sony Walkman for uh, $1,500. Stop playing. I got one at the house right now. What, An you, actual Walkman. No, you talking about the old school. I'm, I'm talking, talking about actual about cassette. I know. Oh, oh a new I mean, one. Oh, okay. Yes, <laughs> the new one. Yeah, I got one that still plays tapes. Yes. <laughs> Little headphones with the foam on them. <laughs> yes. I bought my son. Uh, but that's that's another piece of technology that you know went away. Went on out. Went away. Right. I bought him a, the DJ mixing board. And he asked, so we took him to, and this is side note, I probably cut all this out, but we took him to a birthday party about two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I lied to you now. I tried to record him, but as soon as he realized I was recording him, he stopped. Guess what he was doing? Breakdancing. What? He performs. We we got him a, a table that has um, a keyboard on it. Mm-hmm. And he actually performed at this table, and but when he started breakdancing, he just like, jumped right down on the floor, did he? <clears throat> yes, it's natural, man. <laughs> the music makes you do that, man. <clears throat> I was like, "What is going on here?" <laughs> hey, look, the sound, um, the two turntables, and the mixer. I still like to use that stuff. Mm-hmm. But eventually, they came out this thing called a controller. Well, first, let me let's talk about the evolution of of DJing in terms of what happened when CDs came out. Pioneer brought these things out called the CDJs, What's the and CDJ? it was a way to manipulate CDs the same way you can do vinyl: cut it, scratch it, mix it, speed it up, slow it down, all of that stuff. It was revolutionary. I never, never bought two CDJs, but I always like to have one because some stuff I had access to on CD that I didn't have on wax. Okay. So now, especially in the early days of being able to download something that you couldn't find or somebody shoot you something on an email. Well, I couldn't just stream it at a party. I burn it onto a CD and take the CDJ. And then I can cut it, scratch it, just like the record. So that was the predecessor to these controllers of today where you see just one little machine. It looks like it has two turntables on it, but they're really just wheels so you can manipulate the sound like a turntable. Right. Got the mix on it already, the cross fader, and your up and down faders. And instead of having to mark the record with that tape, you just hit a button when you hit the spot that you want to come back to. 
Okay. Hit it again. It'll go right back to that spot. You don't, have to, you don't even have to wind it back if you don't want to. Just hit it again when you're ready for it to start over and again. go right back there. Right back to the same spot. Right. <laughs> so now the turntable is really obsolete. Yes. I love to use them. I I'm, I can't imagine not using them. I use them to control my my computer, you know. So I'm still I still show up with two turntables everywhere I go. You but got I to. just recently bought a controller and I use it for the first time. It's 2023, and I just use a controller for the first time on Saturday. Oh wow! Just because it was so much more convenient than carrying two turntables. But if I'm really going to show my ass and get into it, I'm not going to use the controller because I'm not good with that. I'm good with turntables. But the controller will do the same thing. You can do the same thing. But, you know, I think it's people can. who grew up today working the controller wouldn't be able to work the turntables the way I can. Right. So that's their thing. But I came up on the turntables. It took me a long time to develop my craft. I don't have that time to put into learning on it. So if I'm really going to be comfortable and really want to put on a show the way that that I know I can, I'm going to use the turntables. Right. I get but it. if it's something where I don't have to do all that, I have that controller. But the turntables are essentially obsolete. You don't need them. They even have some Newmark put these things out. They look like turntables. Spin and everything. There's no needle. Mm. And... and Got a record on there that stays on there all the time. So it mimics having a real turntable. Um, technology has come so far. I, I bought these things called the Dicers so that they create those cue points where I could just hit a button and then come right back to the same spot. But now that's built into every mixer automatically. I don't even need those anymore. Dicers. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that's something, you know, another thing that, it made marking a record obsolete. Okay. Um, we used to need instrumental versions. The newest program of Serato DJ that I have on my computer. You hit a button. I can hit a button and turn any song into the instrumental instantly. Take the words right off the song. Mind blown. <laughs> or I create an acapella on the spot. And I used to have to take the needle. Like if I got a twelve inch single, it had a, a clean version, dirty version, instrumental, acapella. That was the ideal setup for a twelve inch single. Two of them would be on one side, two of them would be on the other. So if I want to move from one to the other, then I had to flip the record, find the instrumental, find the acapella. Now I just touch a button, make it whatever I want to make it. <laughs> So having multiple versions of the song is obsolete now. Do you need me? You don't have to, I don't need you to send me the acapella anymore. It's here. Matter of fact, it can get it can get so intricate that I can take the drums off the song and leave the rest of the music on there. <laughs> At the touch of a button. Wow. Technology, man, technology. The studio is about about obsolete now. Oh yes, I've seen it because it. Um, I don't mean to cut you off, but it's a um, piece called Antelope. Antelope mimics any sound, 
So if I want to sound like I'm in an enclosed studio, Antelope can make you sound like you're in the studio. Right. I mean, people have been recording in their in their bedrooms forever now. Yes. So you just got rid of the studio engineer. The sound man used to have to come set all this stuff up and wire up your crossovers and all of this stuff to make it sound loud. Right. Man, all this stuff is in one speaker now. You, amp, what amp? The amp's in the back of the speaker. Right. I had 12-inch woof. I mean, I got 18-inch subs now. They got 1,000-watt amp in each one of them. I used to run a whole party off a 1,000-watt amp. Now I'm sitting with a thousand watt amp in each speaker. How much more sound that's pushing now? Mm-hmm. But yet, the other thing that changed with that technology, yet with all of that, all of that power, still don't sound as loud as it used to sound when you had all them horns and all that stuff. Because today this stuff is designed not to blow your eardrums. Yes, yes. But you spend the night in the club in the 80s, you're going home with your ears ringing. <laughs> if it, you know, if it's a real, if it's really wired up right. Right. God forbid the DJ's playing To Be Real by Cheryl Lynn. And you get to that part where she goes, To Be Real. <laughs> you be, man, you lose half your hearing standing in front of the speaker when that comes on. <laughs> but everything, you know, technology. Your ears don't ring when you come home from the club anymore. At all. Right. Right. Yet, there's so much more power being sent through those through each speaker. Technology. <laughs> technology. And then when you finish recording in your bedroom now, so this is what you, what we've gone from. To make a hip-hop song, back in the day, before they even got to the studio and tried to record it, you need a DJ going back and forth to keep the beat going for you. So first you got to have two records, the microphone. You got to sit there and practice your routine. Then you got to take it to the studio, pay somebody all this money to put it on a tape. Then you got to press it up on a record. Records cards, they were expensive in a mug. Right. You know, let's say you want to get a thousand of them printed up. Oh, that's going to cost you. Cause you, but you need a thousand. If you want to, if you want a thousand people to get your record, you got to print up a, a thousand, thousand copies. Right. Of a record. <laughs> now you just sit in your bedroom, record the song. A thousand people can hear it that night when you put it on YouTube or SoundCloud. You haven't been to the studio. There's no DJ involved, no beat machine, no bass player, no guitar players, no keyboard players. Cut everybody out. No drum machine. You just cut everybody out. No manager, no studio engineer. All that's dead. And the music goes directly out to the people. So... For some people, that's a good thing, and for some people, that's a bad thing, because a whole lot of people used to make a living playing music and doing all this stuff. Yes. Look what um, look what look what happened to the artwork. 
<laughs> think about think about the people that used to get paid to create your album cover. They used to have to take pictures with a camera. You had to go to a location, it's take pictures, over. get the lighting right, and all of this stuff. It's over. And you snap a picture on your iPhone. Put a filter get an app, on it. put a filter on it. It's over. Type some words across the top. You can put yep. any font you want on there. Make it look like graffiti if you want to. Yep. And make that your cover. And they go in your it. phone. <laughs> in your phone. In your phone. Right. So you know, is technology is good and bad, but a lot of people used to make livings help produce this music, and now one person can do the entire thing that it used to take a team of 30 people to do. Yes. So that's why I was getting around to with all of this. Right. Look where the technology has gotten us. Is it good or bad, deal? I think um, the technology is bad. Uh, only because of the society that we live in. Uh, we live in a capitalistic society which takes workers to be able to, you know, keep capitalism going. Right. When you make that many people jobless. Right. On all levels. Right. Everything is being automated. Right. And photographers like, aren't needed what? like they used to be. Look, you see. Graphic um, designers aren't needed like they used to be. When I first started learning to edit video, um, I gave up. Because it was so much to learn. You had to learn how to do this, this, and this to make it look like this. Now, I, I feel you. you hit a button. I feel you. You know what we just had to do to edit a tape? Like, like if you wanted to take out a portion of a conversation or a song, right? you actually had to mark the tape and you would cut it with a razor blade. Mm-hmm. Then you would find that, you know, you would go to the other place where you mark. You would cut that, and then you would piece the tape back together with splicing tape. Right. And it would play, and it would sound seamless. But you actually had to do that manually. It's a piece of cake to edit stuff now. Yes. It and really it's a, is. And it's a craft that you don't have to, you know, you don't need anymore. No. Radio stations used to play records. Every DJ at a radio station had to know how to queue up a record on vinyl. Yeah. He used eight track tapes to play commercials. Right, you put them in and play it or reel to reel in the radio station. None of that no more. Nope. Buttons. All, All buttons. buttons. All buttons. So that was more jobs lost. Yes, because there was a team of people at the radio station keeping this machine working. Right. And, you know, they had technology called Selector, which allowed radio stations to no longer need all of that. Um, like, when I was working, when I first started working on radio, every song we were using was physically on a... Um, reel. Either on a reel, a CD, or an 8-track. And now, uh, thanks to Selector... You don't need any of that stuff anymore. It's all programmed, pre-programmed. So you walk away for the weekend. 
Like whenever the last person is talks on the air at most radio stations leaves on Friday, the radio station's on autopilot until Monday morning or whenever the next person comes back. Some radio stations don't have anybody actually physically working in the building anymore. And that's all thanks to technology. And I don't know if it's thanks to or to the detriment of, but this is where things are going. And, you know, I just wanted to take everybody on this ride and just understand that, you know, at the age I am, these are the things that I've seen change. And there used to be so much work involved with every aspect of all this stuff. And it's become so easy with the computer. With the computer being involved, it's so easy to get a decent sound when you record. It's so easy to get the music that you want. I used to take off um, during the middle of the week and drive all the way to Atlanta to shop for records. Sometimes Virginia, D.C., New York, L.A., every city I would go to, I would hit a record store to make sure that I got whatever was available. I can download anything from home now. There's no, so that's another thing that's obsolete. The record store is over. You don't need to do all that to get what you want. And, um, you know, things have changed a whole lot. And for everybody involved today, uh, I don't know if you could really appreciate where you are right now and how easy it is for you to be a part of this game. So I hope if you listen today, I hope you understand how blessed you are today to be able to have access to these things so easily. Because back in the day, everything was work. It was hard work. You want good sound at a party, you got to know something about how to make a club sound good or how to make your set sound good. You want to record or you want to perform a hip-hop song, you need a quality DJ that's not going to mess up your beats. Um, You want to record, you need a sound engineer and all of this stuff. And you can do everything from home now. So for the younger generation, you guys are blessed. But for the older generation, you know, I'm sorry that, that so much has been lost. So many jobs have been lost. I'm your old school host. <laughs> you been preaching, man. Hey, I'm just I'm just like I said, I'm just trying to just trying to make everybody understand you blessed today. Hmm. You know, the stuff you have access to, I would have, you know, I would have stabbed somebody to, to be able to record a full song so easily today. So, you know, we had to do so much to get this stuff done back in the day. So you think technology is good? Well, it's, it's good for people today, but it's not good for people who grew up without it. Because they spent their life learning how to do stuff that's not needed anymore. <laughs> and that's and that's that's hard. Man. It's hard on people. You know, like I, I look at, at okay, another piece of before we go. As a DJ, I became a master at blending records together. Acapellas, I I take a acapella, slap it on one table while the record's playing, 
the regular songs playing. I take the acapella, slap on the other turntable. Then I go right to the other turntable, get an instrumental, and I had an instrumental rocking with that acapella in seconds. That's something I was really good at. Now, you can hit one button, take the words off the song, or take the music off the song and had acapella going. Then you hit another button, and it'll sync the beats together for you. I used to have to do that by hand. So that expertise that I spent years honing is no longer needed. It's all a touch of a button. I think for, let's quote capital J, I said, um, what's this podcast about? You said, it should. We, we discussed the issue that you ain't even think about. You ain't even think about this. Okay. This is truly something that not a lot of people think about. Absolutely. So I I think I found a, a ending point where we come together, that our minds come together, and the listeners' mind is going to, I want them to reflect on this. Yeah, sit think if about it for a second. If you're saying this, how technology has changed the music business, the music, you know, the it has changed hip hop and deleted these jobs that were a part of hip hop or rap. Just imagine what it's done to the rest of the world. That's a great place to stop. <laughs> hey, it's Capital City. Mic drop, mic drop, DL. Capital City Podcast. I'm your host, Capital J, alongside my main man, DL Glass. We out of here. Think about it. This is Capital City with Capital J.